This is Make Yourself at Home, a podcast where we document how the real estate business is evolving through the pandemic. I'm Miriam Hall, I'm BizNow's New York reporter. Today on the show, we're speaking with Doug Steiner, who runs Steiner Studios, the largest film and television complex east of Hollywood. Scores of productions have been made there, including Girls, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and last year's Joker. This week, the New York City Economic Development Corporation voted to approve Doug Steiner's next project, a 500,000 square foot studio in Sunset Park. The studio at the Brooklyn Navy Yard was closed for months in the pandemic, but productions are now up and running. And I started by asking him what it looks like on the lot. People are everywhere and uh, there are certain new protocols for getting onto the lot and working within the production and what spaces people can go to and, and uh, zones. But for those, you know, social distancing measures and hygiene measures and testing measures, uh, really it's, it's back to normal and people are happy to be back at work. So you have to do testing and stuff like that? Uh, we, have a, we have some screening at the gate and then each production does its own testing uh, as another layer after that. Was that something you had to handle or was that kind of in the hands of the companies? We decided what policies we wanted and then um, each of the major studios in LA have their own protocols they have you know, worldwide for all of their productions. So what's being filmed there right now? Uh, what I can tell you about is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is back in uh, pre-production. We have City on a Hill uh, with Kevin Bacon. Um, and we have Power Book 2, which is uh, Ghost. Ghost Power Book 2, which is a spinoff from uh, Power, which we had for all of their seasons, and that is Star's most successful show. So these are all things that people can expect to return then. Their seasons will come back, there won't be a delay. Uh, I don't know what the release dates are, but uh, they're back in production. Uh, it'll be a little later in delivery than was expected, but I don't know what... The diff, what the slack was between completion date and release before COVID, so I don't know. How much of that was on you? I know they all have their own protocols and their own thing, but from your point of view, what sorts of things did you have to do to make this place safe or make the place uh, appropriate for filming? Hand wash stations throughout, signage as to social distancing and limiting pe- number of people in an elevator, although we're not really a high rise, so we don't have the problems with some of the midtown skyscrapers. So screening at the gates, uh, wristbands every day, um, deep cleaning every night, multiple cleaning circuits during the day, making the doors easy to open, things like that. It sounds a little bit like what the office buildings have done, minus obviously the drama with the elevators. Yeah, not, not too dissimilar. I know this is probably not quite your kettle of fish, but are the storylines having to change? Is that something that's happening? I believe so, because they have to minimise the intimate scenes, uh, to minimise contact between the actors. Um, they are minimising the large crowd scenes or large background scenes, so there isn't a large gathering of people close together. And I think through, uh, you know, the cinematography and, and uh, camera techniques, you won't really notice it. I was reading that EastEnders in the UK, they've had to incorporate the pandemic into their storylines. Now the actors are coming back and they're all wearing masks and that sort of thing. I haven't watched any of the filming. I don't know that any of them are up to filming yet as they're rebuilding their sets and whatnot. So uh, I can't tell you what's happening here 
or whether or not Americans uh, or the American studios think that the audience here is ready for the pandemic to be incorporated into the storyline. Yeah, we're all kind of blocking it out a bit. So uh, obviously when we talk about the closures of office buildings and the closures of residential buildings and the impact of the pandemic and those on those sorts of assets, uh, the risks and the anxieties are pretty obvious, like people not paying rent. What about something like the Brooklyn Navy Yards? What were you thinking about in the midst of the worst of the pandemic? Was it how is everyone going to pay their rent? Is anybody going to be taking space? What was your concern? Well, I think, you know, the studios and the content creators who are our customers, there's about a dozen LA large studios that ultimately are responsible for all the content. Um, they have no shortage of demand. And I don't think they're suffering on that end. What their problem was, was production. And, you know, sort of the, the assembly line breaking down and, and being suspended for a time. Um, but they're certainly able to pay the rent. And, uh, you know, Netflix added 15 million subscribers one month. Uh, I think business is booming for them. It's just a production issue. And uh, that doesn't worry me in terms of future vacancy or uh, ability to collect. So you were closed for six months, right? Yeah. Did you have to offer free rent or rent breaks or anything like that? Um, I don't discuss economics, but uh, I, I can't tell you more. So you've just secured a new deal. The city um, has chosen you to build a big studio in Sunset Park. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. We didn't know we were getting it. We've been working on it for about two years, put a lot of time and money into it, uh, a lot of manpower, and uh, we're very happy to prevail. Uh, the city drove a very tough bargain, EDC, which is not exactly a city agency. It's not a city agency. And we are looking forward to sort of duplicate our success in the Navy Yard in Sunset Park. We love the location. The views are spectacular. Uh, good proximity to the subway. Um, good growth area. There's a lot going on. Industry City, notwithstanding the, uh, the rezoning results, um, is still booming. I think they signed something like 300,000 square feet of office leases in the last, uh, through the last six months. Uh, NYU Langone is going through a huge expansion and renovation just down the former Lutheran Medical Center, just down the road from us. Um, so we're pretty upbeat on it and uh, we'll, be, we'll be building similar to what we did at the Navy Yard. So when would it be open? I think we're looking at being in the ground in about 18 months and two years to build, roughly. So three and a half years to opening, four years. The project is uh, renovating two buildings, each of 140,000 square feet, uh, pretty much got renovations. Uh, tearing down a derelict uh, structure that's been condemned actually, uh, prior to our involvement, and building a new uh, parking structure and a new building similar to our studio buildings in the Navy Yard of about 350,000 square feet. So it's about eight sound stages? Yep. And it's going to generate around 2,200 jobs? Yep, about 1,800 construction jobs and about 2,200 permanent jobs. Do you know, like, who would be taking that space? I know it's hard to predict long term, but what's the thinking there in terms of demand, the customer demand? We function like a boutique hotel for a particular industry to create its product. So everything is short term. Uh, they book for a feature film for you know six to nine months. 
they book for a television or streaming series three to nine months um, with sometimes the ability to automatically uh, renew and, and go on for a second season if there is a second season. Uh, not necessarily. Um, and everything is short term. But the same customer base is there. Disney, uh, Amazon, Netflix, Warner Brothers we do a lot with, HBO, uh, Fox, all the major players. So there's obviously the belief that there's going to be the, the demand in the next three and three and a half years time. Yeah, it doesn't mean I don't, uh, doesn't mean I sleep well. Yeah, I know you've said in the past that this sort of real estate is not for the faint hearted. You know, we have to get through our plans and specs, get through our bidding, uh, get through construction and renovation is always full of surprises and usually costs twice as much as you figure and takes twice as long. Um, we'll see what the market is and the availability of uh, construction trade contractors at that time. And hopefully the market is still good. Uh, we are heavily dependent on the production tax credit, which is a state tax credit, which is getting burned through faster and faster each time it's renewed. So that's what I lose the most sleep over. The business is bottom line driven. And if there's not a tax credit, there's no business. Uh, Georgia is making a real hard run at the business. They have built up a pretty big stable of, uh, well, they, they bring in crew to the extent they don't have crew. That's expensive for production, but they have a real generous tax credit. New York's is just barely enough. And hopefully the business is still there. Considering the tax credit and considering you're saying it is only just enough in New York and it pales a little bit in comparison to somewhere like Georgia, what are you thinking about how the credit's going to go now, considering the state that the city and the state of New York is in fiscally? We have had... uh, audits and studies done by the city. The city's done them, the state has done them, private industry has done them, Ernst & Young, I believe uh, F. I think uh, Boston Consulting Group, and the production tax credit makes a lot of money for the state. So for every dollar outlay, it makes a dollar eight, dollar twelve, and that dollar eight to a dollar twelve goes out a few years later. So the economic boost has to be there. It's not speculative. It's only, it's the credit's only for things actually done. And uh, cash flow wise, you know, it's positive cash flow for two, three years. Um, It's also 80,000 jobs. So those jobs are good. Jobs in this industry average $90,000 a year with good benefits on top of that. Um, It's a clean industry. And it's really one type of manufacturing, we say manufacturing for the 21st century, that wants to be in New York, that wants to be in the city, and that can't really be done overseas to the level of uh, production value and quality or freedom of expression um, that makes it in, you know, a business that might go elsewhere. It's a, it's a success story for the U.S. exporting around the world in terms of uh, content. So you feel it's a safe bet? You feel confident about it right now? Well, the, the vagaries of politics uh, make me nervous, and merit doesn't necessarily... Uh, always prevail. Yeah, the vagaries of politics couldn't be more vague right now. Exactly. Have you had any conversations with anyone in government about the future of this credit? The state is entirely focused on the pandemic right now, and uh, it's not an opportune time to have those discussions. 
You said you didn't know if you were going to be able to get it. Why do you think the city selected you? Was it because of your track record building at the Brooklyn Navy Yard? I think I think that's a pretty good basis for it. Um, our track record's great. We're used to dealing with uh, quasi-governmental agencies like the Brooklyn Navy Yard Development Corporation. I've been working with the city since 1999. We always do what we say we're going to do. Um, we also brought Wegmans to the Navy Yard. Great success story and great jobs and great employment of local uh, residents. And we also do our own construction, act as our own construction manager. And we essentially design our own facilities. We have architects and engineers to implement what we want. But on a very collaborative basis, our entire team is at the table when we're deciding what the new studios should be. Um, what the support spaces look like, adjacencies, specs, all, all the features of, uh, that go into designing a, a project. Are you designing things any differently now considering the enormous demand from the streaming services? What are you envisaging for this project? Are you thinking differently to how you were thinking for the Brooklyn Navy Yard? Um, our first project was, you know, when I knew nothing about what I was doing and sort of stumbled into it. And we tried to make the entire facility able to work for all things. And as we developed more buildings there, we made them more specialized and figured out some value engineering and what things we need more for TV, less for film. Um, we've definitely learned over the course of time and uh, can make it more efficient, quicker to go up and uh, less expensive. Yeah, I'm reading just by the nature of what the streaming services provide, there's a lot of soundstage activity. There's not a lot of like walking and talking. There's huge amounts of post-production. Has that come into it at all? We don't have much post on our lot um, and that can be done worldwide. And unlike physical production and not the electronic version of post, um, the physical production has to be done in one place with everybody present. And that's part of why it makes it a great industry for New York, because it can't, there's not a back office component that makes up the lion's share of the business. The, the business really is physically present, hundreds of people for six to nine months at a time on a given project. So let's think a few years down the track. There's the Brooklyn Navy Yard. There's obviously Kaufman, Astoria, Silver Cut, which I'll ask you about in a minute, um, which is supposedly selling for half a billion dollars. And then there's the Netflix leases that have been around in the city. And also now this project of yours in Sunset Park. How are you thinking about supply and demand, which is obviously the driver of the value? Is it in step? I think uh, we're really at the limit of the infrastructure that can be in New York successfully. I think in Georgia, they've had some very empty stages for long stretches of time. And when the city first released its RFP for the project in Sunset Park, I was not happy about it. Um, but I decided, well, I, I didn't want a, more competition. And, uh, you know, it's going to affect pricing. And ultimately, I decided, you know, we'd rather cannibalize ourselves than have somebody else, else take business from us. And that's when we went all in. And at this point, as I understand the business a little bit better each day, um, a given production, if it's successful like Maisel, whereas they start with two stages, they might be on four stages in a later season. So the footprint expands, even though there aren't more productions. The, 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 the 
governing factor on how much can be made in New York is really based on crew availability. It's not stages. It's, uh, it's not that New York is a great place to shoot and great for backdrops. It is driven purely by crew availability and production tax credit. And the unions are at full employment. So I think really New York is producing about as much as it can for the foreseeable future. And hopefully that bigger fit footprint uh, continues to be true as things get more and more sophisticated and they need to bring up their production values. Everyone wants to be HBO on a subscription model. That's happening. Um, I don't know about 10 or 15 years hence, they can't all be successful. When you are looking at a project, when a uh, or when a project is looking to take space, how do you decide if it's going to be a good idea to rent to them? Does that factor in at all? Do you think, oh, that's a good idea for a show or that's not a good idea for a show? I think that, you know, that show's going to last beyond one season. No, it's really a business based on relationships and pr producers deal with nothing but variables all day. It's our job to help them solve their problems. They have new problems all the time and we have to be part of the solution. There's no gouging, it's a very small community, um, and everybody talks to each other, so you have to be uniformly fair with everybody. And it's a handshake business. And if you say you're gonna do something, you better do it, or, or you know, their payroll costs per hour when they're shooting are just ginormous. Um, we don't pass judgment on any scripts or filter that way. If it's uh, somebody we've done a lot of work with or the LA heads want it to be in New York and they assign somebody in New York for it, you know, generally we know all the players and it's based on that. What do you think or how did you react to the news in the past week or so about Silver Cup being uh, under contract to sell for $500 million? Well, they have three facilities. Um, I don't know what their cost basis is, but when they got into the business, they really took a big chance. Um, they had Sopranos, they had Sex in the City, they converted a bread factory, and uh, kudos to them for being such a success. I think the sale reflects two things. I think for them it's more of a generational issue, um, not strictly business, and separately it really shows the institutional acceptance of this business, which is wholly new. Uh, Traditionally, because of the short-term nature and no assured income stream for the length of a mortgage or beyond, uh, institutions stayed away. And I think they're starting to understand it. And that's the, the, the great positive to me from that sale. It obviously indicates it's a valuable asset, right? I think part of it also is driven by lack of alternative uses being strong right now um, in the real estate world, whether that's office, industrial, or retail, uh, and residential, you know, sort of uh, the jury's out on residential, at least urban residential for now. Um, I think it also is a function of that. That's really only in the last year or two that's gotten that kind of institutional acceptance. There was a transaction with uh, Blackstone and Hudson Pacific out west, and now you have the Hackman transaction of Silver Cup, but generally in the past these have been very hard to finance. Um, because of the lack of assurance of cash flow and because it's tax credit dependent. So are you thinking that lenders will view them differently now it has this um, institutional capital? 
I'm hopeful. Also, also, you know, there's only a dozen customers ultimately. That's that's profoundly different from all other uses. It's profoundly different from office industrial or industrial or retail when you have such a limited group of customers, and you know if you screw up, you're really screwed. Um, and if the there is a business downturn, it's a very concentrated bet. If you if you don't do right by one of your customers, you know they're all they're all gonna flee. Um, and it's a and it's a bet on an industry, a single industry. Whereas office, you're not betting on a particular industry. You have Steiner Studios and now this new project, um, but you also have residential, and you do have a condo. What's your sense of? Um, at the moment about the current tone in New York? I think historically, I like to think that it's gonna be like the roaring 20s when things get back to normal. People have been in isolation for a long time and I think there'll be a rebound. When I first got back to the lot and it was in operation, I can't tell you how good it felt to see all these people and they were all happy to be on the lot. And going to work is a good thing. Having a place to work outside the home is a good thing. I don't believe everybody's gonna wanna work from home uh, in the future. I think that's a very limited pool of people and it's, it's, uh, people are over, overrating the desirability of that and the lack of social interaction will be, will, will triumph on that one. I think the city has made a huge statement by keeping outdoor dining permanent. That's exactly the kind of things that the city has to do to keep the character of the city and the dynamism of it, having that street life. And I think that's a great, great move um, by the mayor. Um, Cuomo is the most pro-business governor we've had in my lifetime. Um, and I think the city comes back. I think it's hard to live in the suburbs or in rural areas after you've been in the city. It's okay for a while. But after a year or two, you know, the same things that drove people to the city uh, in the last decade will, will be there. Um, the variety of, of offerings, culturally, entertainment, food, drink, people. Yeah, I think um, that's what people need. They need that stimulation. Everybody needs a lot of stimulation now. Everything is very fast. Um, you see it in editing. Um, and I think that's what the city offers. It's a, it's a 3D internet. I know you don't watch a lot of TV or films, but has that changed in the pandemic? I have watched some stuff. I'm not a big uh, television or film watcher. I think I really like the creation. I'm not so big on the consumption. <laughs>